We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Alright, let's see if we're cooking now. Salute to everybody watching. This is the weekly wrap-up CP from Knicks Fan TV. This is the number one show for the fans, by the fans. If you're a diehard Knicks fan who loves to talk about Knicks news, Knicks rumors, and post-game live analysis featuring live callers, smash that subscribe button below and the notification bell so you don't miss anything. Once again, this is the weekly wrap-up where we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly that was the Knicks and right now, there's not a lot of good to be proud about. There's a lot of bad and a lot of ugly. Knicks go in through week five of the NBA season with an abysmal record of 4-14, four and 14, coming off of an abysmal loss to the Brooklyn Nets Battle of New York, Act 2. Knicks fall again, 103-101. to 101. Where do we go from here? The fan base is, uh, the fan base is anxious. The fan base is angry. There's a lot of people looking forward to December 15th. (laughs) It's rough, man. It is rough. So we're going to come on. We're going to wrap it up, wrap up the week and and touch on a couple things, man. Hang in there, Knicks Nation. You know that these are, we're we're used to these times, unfortunately. Some people have bailed until February or until the trade deadline, but I'm here. So if you guys are here rocking with me, man, hit that thumbs up for your boys. Hit that subscribe button and and let's get right into it. No calls tonight. We had a good show last night and we'll we'll have another show Wednesday night after the Raptors game. So I'm just going to get through a couple of these points. So where are we going with the good? You guys might be asking I know people, whenever I do these shows, they're like, man, there's no good. It's just all bad and ugly. But look, if we're going to get into a good, if we, if I had to choose something, and I'm taking the whole week holistically, not just last night or last Sunday or, or the Philly game, I got to say Frank had a good week overall. I got to say Frank Nilakina did have a good week especially the Philly game. Obviously, it was highlighted by the Philly game. But even if you go back to the game against the the Cavaliers, I thought Frank's defense 
was was something that set the tone in that game. You remember the Cavaliers had washed the Knicks up uh, the last time they played by almost 20, 30 points. And so the Knicks had to make it an emphasis to come out and come out strong. And I thought Frank's pressure defense on the opposing guards on Cleveland was really what set the tone for us that game. And that, that allowed us to really get off to a good start because, you know, the Knicks are, are known for getting off to lousy starts. And that's when Julius had his game as well. And then obviously the Philly game. The Philly game was Frank's coming out party uh, for the season. 17 points. He finished with no assists, funnily enough, but I still thought he got the ball moving. And if you look at some of these highlights from this clip that I'm playing here, what you're seeing is, is Frank being assertive, him being aggressive, being the, the, the instigator on offense, trying to be the engine and get things going. And you see Frank getting into the pain at times, getting into the teeth of the defense, forcing the pressure to collapse from the defensive end. And, and that's what we saw. And then the, the mid-range was cooking. You, you saw his free throw line extended. Mid-range jumper was cooking. The three-pointers were cooking. You saw the, the you saw the confident Frank Nilakina Wednesday night in Philly. Last Wednesday night in Philly. Fortunately, they lost that game. We we knew we knew what happened that game. They lost, unfortunately. But again, from a positive signs, that's that's what you want to see. From a play development standpoint, that's what you want to see. It's all about the confidence with Frank. It's all about the confidence with Frank. And it's funny, I was just reading an article from um, Danny Small, uh, Elite Sports New York. Salute to Danny Small. And he interviewed Nicholas Batum and and Evan Fournier about Frank. And and going back to the FIBA Frank over the summer, the FIBA games. And and his and their their, um, thoughts on Frank was the same. It's all about confidence. And they talk about in this article how much they really, really got into him about being the leader of the team. Like, this is your team now on the French national team. You're the point guard of this team. You got to make it go. So even on the French team, they've been having issues with Frank from a confidence standpoint. And and so that's something that they're trying to get into him. And, and that's something that David Fisdale and the Knicks are trying to impose on, on this kid. Because if he can ever do that, then he could be a mainstay in the lineup. But the issue is, is that you'll have games like Wednesday in Philly, which was good, and you know what his defense is going to bring on a night-in, night-out basis, which is also good, top of the league standards. But from an offensive standpoint, he's he's just not putting it together night-in, night-out. You need that consistency. And so even though I thought he had a good week, it was also sort of bad in that, Obviously, last night, people were harping on the the late-game three-pointer that he missed from the corner. And people were, were high on it because you want, you, you expect, you want Frank to hit those shots. Those are the shots that you want to see from Frank knock down. And unfortunately, it was at a pivotal stretch in the game, and he clanked it. He, he clanked it. And so that that's the bad side of Frank is that he's just he's not a good shooter right now. I mean, right now he's shooting uh, thirty eight percent from the field, thirty one percent from three. So you want you want to see those numbers go up. You want to see those numbers go up. And then also, like I mentioned on last night's post game show, 
what you want to see from Frank is that you, you want to see him continue what he did in that Philly game and be assertive. He's still not 100% there. He's still not 100% confident uh, uh, at this stage in the game and really getting into the paint, getting into the defense. And, and that's part of the reason why our offense gets so stagnated sometimes because you're relying on Julius, you're relying on Marcus Marcus to be the playmakers and the facilitators on the team. That's just not them. So that's on Fizz, on his schemes that he's that he's uh that he's calling. But I think that's also on Frank as well, man. Like stop the fern. Take it and call your number. In the Philly game, we saw that pick and roll action that he was running with Todd's. It was it was working very well. I'd like to see more of that. Run some more pick and roll action with with uh, with Julius. Run it with with Marcus Morris. We know Mitch isn't setting that good a screen, so run it with those guys, and then get Mitch involved every once in a while. And so that was my good. That was the lone good. You know, Julius had a had his had his guarding game against Cleveland, but I want to see that against better competition. So that the jury's still out on Julius. You know, and and Frank, um, you had the San Antonio game where he had he had nine assists and, and six steals, and you know I know people say, well, listen, you can't, we, you, we're setting the bar too low for Frank. I get it. I, I definitely can agree with that to a certain extent. But if we're talking about just player development, small gains, small improvements, then yeah, I'm I'm gonna. Uh, uh, applaud him for that type of effort because his assist to turnover ratio is also low. He's only averaging one turnover a game. 3.6 dimes, one turnover a game. You know, obviously you want the assist numbers to go up, but I think he's playing a steady game and he's averaging almost two steals. He's he's averaging almost two steals. So I think from a play development standpoint, that's something that I'm going to applaud him for. Now, last night against the Nets, listen, Dinwiddie was cooking. We, we know that Dinwiddie was cooking. But if you look at the advanced stats, the advanced stats show that Dinwiddie only scored eight points off of Frank. So I know a lot of people want to kill Frank for Dinwiddie's performance, but there was a lot of blame to go around for it. And, and, and at the end of the day, you just give credit where credit is due. Dinwiddie's a nasty player, man. He's a nasty player. But give Frank credit as well. He holds himself accountable. You know, he talked about the game last night, and he talked about uh, being ready, being ready for the next opportunity because he didn't shoot the ball well. And also, on the flip side, after he missed that shot, Dinwiddie blew right past him on on a play that he was guarding him. And and Dinwiddie blew right past him, blew right past a couple other Knicks and, and laid the ball in, so... Give credit to Frank, man. He 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 wants to be a dog. That's what he told Fizz. He wants to be a dog, and we'll, we'll just have to take it game by game and hope he can put it together. What happens when Peyton comes back? We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that affects both Frank and DSJ. I hope uh, I I hope they let these kids play. I hope they they let these kids play. So that was a good. Before we get to the bad, salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for your boy in this Monday night. Knicks, salute to uh, Sherwin M. He says, Frank's offensive problem is confidence. Keep keep up the aggressive play. He will get better. Agree with that wholeheartedly. Reaper Man, salute to Reaper Man. He says, Frank is a good backup point guard. We'll see. Los Main, CP Live. What up, Los Main? Glory Ave TV. What's going on? CP the artist. How you guys feeling? The Shells. 
Shout out my guy, The Shells, man. He's, he's been helping me out tremendously with, with the podcast and the audio. So thanks a lot for that. And uh, and let's keep it rolling. So with the, with the whole Frank situation, you know, like I said, it's all about player development. And that kind of segues into the bad, which is player development. I mean, this this was a tough week for the Knicks in terms of just the overall contributions from our kids, from the young kids, not our kids, but the, the kids on the team. Kevin Knox. <laughs> I mean, let's bring Kevin Knox to the stage because Kev has been struggling. And I mean struggling, man. Kevin Knox... Um, I told you guys when we when we were doing our season previews, I said in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of this uh, our free agency pickups, we gotta make sure that Kev, we gotta keep Kev uh, uh, tight, gotta keep him tight. We can't lose Kev. That was very important going into this season, and he started off the season pretty well. You know, Kevin Knox started this off the season pretty well. And now he's really, really regressed. I mean, look at these numbers. And this is from um, NBA.com. If you split out the first 20 and the next 20, I mean, we're about 18 games in, so fairly close. First 10 games, he's averaging 10 points a game on 41% shooting. 1.83s per game, shooting almost 44% from three. Free throw percentage is a little bit up. Free throw attempts a little bit up. A little bit more minutes, 22, 22 minutes. And if you look at the the next 10 or the last seven games, he's averaging just five points a game, 31% shooting, 26% from three. All right, 50% from the free throw line. I mean, Kevin Knox... Is lost out there, folks. He is lost. And that's not even, we're not even talking about his defense right now. We're not even talking about his defense. So that has been a bad. It's how do we get Kev back on track? How do we get Kev back on track? You know, Fizz came out with the, uh, the, the starting lineup with no RJ. He comes out and throws Kev at the two and says he wants to get his confidence up. How, do you, how are you getting the kid's confidence up? By playing him out of position. How do you get the kid's confidence up by playing him out of position? To me, that is negligence. I, 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 you just can't make it up. I don't understand how you feel you're going to get a kid's confidence up by playing him out of position at the two guard. He can't even guard threes. So why do you expect him to guard twos? So to me, that's just that's just ass backwards. You're hustling backwards now. Pettison says he might be a bust. I'm I'm nowhere near uh, getting ready to call Kev a bust. First off, I think he needs time to develop. I think he left Kentucky early. He's very he's still very raw when he came out. But I think Kev has the tools to be a solid rotation player on this team and in the league. I'm not gonna go any further than that. I think Kev can be a good stretch for. I think he has the length and 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 the size 
that he can be an agile four out there, and I think he can contribute. I think he can. But he, he needs time on the floor. Uh, salute to somebody who said that. he needs Kev needs time on the floor. And, and we got to get him going. But playing him at the two, that's not it. The, playing him at the two is just not going to, to get it done. To me, the, the problem is, and I keep saying this, the problem is, well, listen, Julius is going to be Julius, all right? I know a lot of you guys want to bench him, you want to you trade him, all that. You want to make him disappear. That's not going to happen, so you're going to have to deal with it. Morris, you need him. Morris is there. The, the problem is Portis. To me, Portis, you can leave him on the bench, He's not going to make or break us one way or the other. He'll be a luxury, but he won't be a necessity. And so, to me, Kev has to get those minutes at the four. Kev has to get those minutes at the four. Like I said, when we first got all these bigs, I wasn't expecting all these guys to be playing. And these guys, these guys lie pretty significant minutes whether it's off the bench or starting every night and you look at Portis's numbers from last night all right 17 minutes one for five three points four turnovers four turnovers and minus 10 on the night whether you want to take plus or minus into consideration you take it with a grain of salt but if you're looking if you're watching the games you can see why he's a defensive liability and he's not he's not horrible. Sean Brown says he's not he's he isn't horrible. I get that. But I don't think he's a he's a pivotal rotation piece that you have to give minutes to. I don't I don't see I, I'm not losing sleep over Portis not getting minutes, to be honest. Like I said, he's a good kid. But I I I'd I'd like to give Kev those minutes in his true position. And and let's go. Let's get his confidence up. Not playing him at the two. Not playing him at the two. So that's part of the development. It's like, okay, where are we going with Kev? DSJ lost. Had a decent game last night. I thought I like I liked how he was penetrating. And I liked him from the three point line. He was two for four last night. Thought the Philly game he came back strong, but you still see him overthinking. You see him obviously the change of the jumper. You see him thinking about it. You see him trying to figure out how to be a point guard. Does he want to be? Because he he wants to stick with his tendencies. He wants to be that scoring guard. Which is his strength. But obviously we need him to be more. We, we need him to be more than that. So. Where is he? Because he's, he's still looking. He's still looking lost man. He's still looking lost. And. Uh, this season ha- has gone as terrible. And it is his birthday. Happy birthday to Dennis Smith Jr. man. DSJ turns 22 today. But you, you couldn't ask for a a more lousy start to a season 
for someone that we had such high hopes for so far. And he's just a kid. He's only 22 in the year. He, he's been dealing with his personal issues, the injuries and things like that. So it's not to crap on him. But it's just to say, you know, you, 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 wish, you wish things were a bit different for him. And hopefully he figures it out. And that's why I like to, even though Peyton probably gives us a better chance to win from a point guard perspective, I I I'd like to see uh I I'd like to see DSA and Frank get those minutes. Now, that's all I'm saying. And so that's Knox, that's DSJ, ISO, the Ari's boy. Where where does ISO fit into the picture? Right now he's on his sixth straight DMP. Has not played in six games. Where does ISO fall into the mix? Again. With a guy like Portis, he's getting 18 minutes last night. Could have divvied that up a little bit. Go smaller. Why not go smaller? Right? Why not Why not go smaller and, and get ISO in there with Frank as your scoring two guard? You know, obviously, Ellington was doing all right. He was doing okay with his minutes. Dotson, I had Dotson do last night. Dotson's been pretty shaky. He was eight points, three for seven, five boards. But obviously, you know he's going to play defense. But, hey, if this is development, we, we got to roll with it, man. And and you got to be able to find some minutes for ISO in here. Got to be able to find some minutes for ISO in here. Mr. Mookie Mitchell says ISO is going to get traded. No room or minutes. It's possible. I can't, I can't say uh, I, I can't say it's not. So ISO's in a funk. He's obviously been pushed out by the new additions. We talked about Dotson. He, he's kind of solidified a rotation spot. How about Mitch? How about Mitch for the, for the youngsters? I mean, I think, you know, Mitch is still showing promise. He's still playing well uh, in spurts. He's playing well in spurts. Again, last night, what you didn't like about Mitch's game last night was just playing on disciplined ball. And we we need Mitch to be much more disciplined uh, than he's been, because you know other than that we we can't have him out there playing nineteen minutes. Can't have him out there playing nineteen minutes. I mean we need we need a bit more out of Mitch, and so he's got to get more disciplined. Fizz has got to get in his ear. Taj has got to get in his ear and say, "Yo, you got to pick it up. You got to set better screens." You got to be in position. It's not just about blocking shots. There's other aspects to the game that you got to continue to work on. So, And we know, listen, progress is not linear. We've heard that from a couple people this week, and, and I agree with that. Progress is not linear. But that's part of the development that you want to see the coaching staff impart in, in on a guy like Mitchell Robertson, trying to get him to be smarter, play smarter. And so I think I think the, the youth movement collectively – Took a little bit of a step back this week. And with that, we have our eyes focused on December 15th. It's like everybody's kind of looking for a win some way, somehow, right? We're looking for a win some way, somehow. What is it going to be that's going to be that thing we look forward to? Like, you know, I feel like some of you guys are just looking for like a blockbuster trade or something. And you got to temp it, hold, pump the brakes, man. Pump the brakes. Remember, December 15th is just the start of uh, uh, the, the trading window when you can trade these free agents. The free agent deadline is still for two months after that. So 
just got to temper expectations, see what happens. But you're going to expect these some of these guys to continue to get minutes. Morris is going to get his minutes. You got to play Ellington a little bit if you want if you want to try to trade him. I don't know what you're getting for Port. It's probably nothing. But I, I think right now your hottest commodities are Morris, Ellington. I don't see them trading Randall, despite what a lot of you guys have dreaming about. I don't see them trading Randall. And, and you know, Ian Begley brought up Frank as a potential trade target. Uh, once again, <laughs> once again, Frank Frank is a potential trade target as usual. And I made this point on, on Twitter today. I said, yeah, Morris I could see, Portis I could see, Ellington I could see. To me, Frank, uh, trading Frank for a second round pick is just hustling backwards. I just, I don't see any point in doing that. To me, that just makes no sense. To me, that, that just makes no sense. I was talking to my guy, Anthony Parasol, about it. He's he's saying, you know, if you can package him up in some sort of combo trade that gets you a better talent back, it depends on who it is. But I, I, I just don't see the point. I, I would say you have Frank at the minimum for two more years. Why not just, de- why not just develop him and see if his offense and the shooting can come around? I don't see the point. In, I don't see the point in 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 trading Frank. What do you guys think about it? Uh, let me know in the chat. If you guys are new in the chat, leave me a hashtag new. So to everybody in the chat once again, hit that thumbs up for you boys. No calls because I'm not going to be on here for too long. Just wanted to go through my weekly recap. Four and fourteen. Salute to everybody who's still sticking around. <laughs> Four and fourteen, man. Ah, it's rough. It's rough, man. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Oh, you 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 know you hope it's still early, and there's still hope, but uh, it, it's getting late early, as Yogi Berra would say. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Uh, Daniel Angelero, what's going on? NYK Gunner says we still here, man. He's always here. What's going on? Ian Park checking in from Auckland, New Zealand. I gotta tell you guys, man. Australia, New Zealand. Hold us down heavy out here in Knicks Fan TV, Knicks Nation. You guys are the best. Salute to George Mayhees, team hashtag new. Ed Santana, salute Ed Santana. He's always in here. Chris Dada says, trade our one and only defender. No way. That's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you trade your more promising uh, uh, defender and someone who, listen, the jumper can come around. He's got, you got two years with him. Let's see what happens. Mr. Tatham works. Hashtag new salute to you. Salute to everybody at work. Salute to everybody in the armed forces. Appreciate your service. If you guys are watching us on the road right now, salute to you guys, man. Be safe on the road. I want to salute uh, Marcus, that guy, Jones. He sent the super chat. He says, please explain why we played Kev at the two. I, I, I have no idea, man. I have no idea why that was even a thought for David Fisdale. But, you know. I'm not the coach. Louis B sends us a super chat. He sends us two. I'm going to get to the other one in a second. But the first one, he says, uh, I respect Mitch trying to bring that bully in the paint for us, but he needs to make smarter decisions. Thanks for all the reposts on IG. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Louis G. Louis G goes to a lot of the games, so he sends us uh, photos and videos from the games. And that's for all you guys, man. For anybody that goes to a game, whether it's at MSG on the road, send us a picture, send us some videos, some footage. 
and we will uh and we'll post it on the IG page. Not not a problem, man. We love when fans collaborate with us and send us some footage. So definitely do that. Another bad and and you know what? I really didn't even want to touch on this subject last night when every everybody was DMing me this stupid Richard Jefferson thing. But the Knicks just continue to fall for the nonsense once again. So I'm just going to bring this up real quick because to me it's just bad that they even commented on it. So last night, this is what Richard Jefferson said uh, on the Yes Network telecast. I refuse to play for the Knicks. Like Jason Kidd and Kenny Martin, they don't really care. Me, I was the one person that said, Knicks, no, I'll retire. That's why I retired. They were the one team that offered me a job and I decided to retire. Is this a true story? It's true. I decided to retire. Wow, how about that? It was true. He said they're the one team that offered me a job and I decided to retire. That's Richard Jefferson. So that was last night. Claims He claims they tried to get him out of retirement to play. Now, I, I couldn't care less, to be honest with you. Like, I saw it. I was just like, it's Richard Jefferson. I really don't care. It is what it is. You know what I mean? It is what it is. And people were DMing me like, yo, CP, check this out and all of that. I, I just I just couldn't care less, man. But then you have Nick's PR today. I'm coming home from rush hour and I see uh Nick's PR tweets. For clarification purposes, it is not true that the New York Knicks offered Richard Jefferson a contract in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. In case you really cared. And I'm just like, they took, my man Don Bolo uh, commented right after that. They took the bait. Why would you take the bait? Who cares? This is what I'm saying, man. Who cares? Just let it go. Just let it go. You know, this is typical Knicks. And and I was on, uh, I did a podcast with um, John Smilk. From WFAN, and, and that's on my channel as well, if you guys want to check it out. And we talked about the uh, the Perry and Mills press conference, and, and he asked me what my thoughts were on that press conference. And I just said, you know, it's, it's just adding more fuel to the fire uh, uh, that is an agenda against the Knicks. You know, we're already in a bad spot. We're losing. All of that, you know, to have that press conference right there, throw Fizdale under the bus to cover your own ass, it, it just wasn't necessary. It, it just wasn't necessary. I'm trying to find the tweet, so then the Cavs clap back now from the from the uh, from the Knicks PR tweet, and I, they might have deleted it. I'm trying to think they they just may have deleted it because the Cavs came back and said something to the effect of. Just to clarify, uh, Richard Jefferson won a championship with the Cavs. So I'm just like, wow, like, you you can't make it up, man. You just can't, you just can't make it up. I'm trying to see if they deleted the tweet or something. I can't find it. But anyway, that, that's just what it is. I'm not even trying to, uh, put, you know, shed enough light on it. But if if I'm the Knicks, listen, man, the bottom line is this. We got to let our wins do the talking. We got to win. It's just too much foolishness, foolery, 
going on, bad auras, bad vibes around the team. And I understand some people were like, you know, listen, we have to clap back because he he lied on the front office. Okay, fine, but uh, what are you going to do? You're going to come out with a tweet every time uh, uh, during free agency, during trade deadline when beat writers and all these guys make up rumors and stuff like that. Some some are true, some aren't. So are you going to go after the ones that aren't true? It's just to me that that it just I would just I would have just let it slide. Alan Rubin was going. I, I would have just I would have just let it slide. You know what I mean? Shout out to Googie sends us a fight out super chat. He says RJ is a clown. Yeah, he's a clown. We but well, we knew that, and that's why I kind of just when I heard about it, I was just like, whatever, man. I, I really could not care less. So the bad in that regard is. We we just gotta be at a high level. We gotta win, man, and, and get rid of because as soon as that the, the tweet came out, the Cavs tweet came out, then everybody was just back on their Knicks for clicks, you know, nonsense. And and it's just we're we're becoming infamous around the league for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? For the absolute wrong reasons, uh, we we are becoming infamous around the league, and and that just has to stop, man. It just has to stop. Reminded to you guys that this show is also available in audio podcast format, man. Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Alexa. Uh, so make sure you guys, um, mod, if the mods can throw the links in the chat, make sure you guys remember that. If you guys are at work and stuff tomorrow, you can't watch video. Hey, it's always in audio format, man. So definitely check that out. On the ugly side, once again, it's it's the free throws, man. The free throws are once again um, killing the Knicks right now. Slowly, the free throws are killing us right now. We're shooting sixty-seven percent from the free throw line. And uh, last night in the Nets game, we went again nine for sixteen. Went nine for sixteen from the line. And like I said, when you're a bad team. Who struggles to score, who struggles to defend at key moments, the one thing that you should have going for you is your free throws. And this this team just cannot, cannot hit them. I mean, Fizz gotta lock them in the gym, man, and 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 practice. I don't know what they're doing. Louis B asks, is the free throw percentage, is it a mental thing? I don't I don't I don't think it's a mental thing. I mean what are their splits on at home on the road of free throws? I'm I we we gotta see that. We we gotta see that. I don't think it's necessarily a mental thing. I just think these guys just can't hit. Like we knew RJ Cohen into this thing wasn't a good free throw shooter. You know, we, we knew some of these guys weren't good free throw shooters. Randall wasn't the greatest. So they gotta practice that, man. TM says, what's Royale I be doing? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not too sure what what Royale Ivy's doing in the mix. I think he's just happy to be here. Now, salute to Royale Ivy. He's, he's a New York legend. You know, got got to respect him. But, yeah, what's, what is Royale Ivy doing in here? So, yeah, we, we got we to gotta get it together, man. And that That's just the bottom line of this whole thing. Whether it's free throws, whether it's offense, whether it's, whether it's you know, Timely stops. We, we gotta get we gotta get it together, and that's just been the ugly. So we got Toronto coming up on Wednesday. 
Let's uh let's see what happens. We go to we go up top and let's see if if they can pick things up. I'll close with this story. This story came out during the week. Um and it was about some of the changes that the NBA is trying to make to the season. Let me know what you guys thought about this when the, when this came out. Um the NBA is looking to vote on a few changes to the season. For one, they're looking to reseed the conference finals. They're looking to reseed the conference finals so the final four could be reseeded based on schedule. So it wouldn't just be Eastern Conference champion, Western Conference champion. You could have, let's say last year the final four was uh was Toronto, Milwaukee, the Blazers and 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 uh, and Golden State. So you could have had, if you took that into into the scenario, you could have Golden State and the Bucks on one bracket, and then Milwaukee and the Blazers. I mean, and then Toronto and the Blazers in another bracket. So I thought that was kind of interesting because you try to end up with the two best teams playing each other. I thought I thought that idea was kind of interesting. That one I could I could rock with. They said the WNBA is doing it right now. That one I could definitely I could definitely uh come to grips with. Now, another idea they were tossing around was a playing game for the playoffs. I don't like that one. That one they say they would take the last four teams in each league, the 7th, 8th, 9th and 10th uh team in the East and the West, and then have them play a tournament. To me, I'm not with that because if I'm the seventh or eighth seed in the in the league and I played all 82 games to make it that far, why would I want to play another game against the ninth or the tenth best team to try to get in? To me, I don't I don't like that. I don't like that. You play your 82 games, you deserve the right to be in the playoffs if you crack that 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 final eight. You know what I mean? I I don't I don't like the 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 final playoffs. So they're trying to make it like baseball. It doesn't make sense. I'm not I don't I'm I don't I didn't really like it from a baseball perspective. So that I'm not feeling. What they're saying is they would have number seven and number eight play, number nine and number ten play. The winners would play each other for one spot, and the losers would play each other for the other spot. I'm not really feeling that. Uh, I'm not really feeling that. And then the last thing they were they're looking into is uh, a in season tournament. Now he thinks this is FIFA, Adam Silver, in season tournament, where they would have you would play basically a tournament within your regular season schedule. And um, I'm just running to see what the end game would be. You would have. Pre-knockout round games will be part of the regular season schedule. Six divisional winners based on home and road records in the group stage. And two teams in the next best records would advance to a single elimination knockout round. Those teams could potentially compete in the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. CP the artist says they're trying to get LeBron to get more rings. (laughs) Hey, that might be the closest thing the Knicks will get to winning something, you know? 
the 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 Charles Smith Memorial Cup. <laughs> the Eddie Curry Memorial three on three Papa Shot Finals goes to the Knicks. The tournament could be could be all right. I don't know. They're trying to they would they're trying to figure out the perfect time to do it. Uh, because obviously if you stretch it into December, January, then you're talking about football time and you know football is sacrosanct in this in this country and playoffs is a whole nother level. So I don't think you would get as much eyeballs on the NBA games. And then they were also talking about potentially all star break and replacing it. But the players have already said no to that. And you know all star weekend is uh is a is one big marketing exploitation one big billboard, so that that's when the, the sponsors are, are trying to make their money and, and cash in, so I don't see that happening, but that's intriguing, to me, it would have been better if they, if they could do it, and maybe this is the start to it, but it wouldn't have the same effect like soccer would, and some of you soccer fans out there, I'm not a big soccer fan, but I know how it works, Gary Singh, Singh says, the Knicks gonna get eliminated first, <laughs> In the first annual Charles Smith Papa Shot Finals, the Knicks lose. <laughs> the Knicks don't qualify. Uh, but I, I think the way the way that it works in soccer, why it's so good, like a Champions League or FA Cup type of thing, is because you have the teams from every different country in every league around the world competing in this, or the major leagues around the world. I think that would be dope from a basketball standpoint if you had NBA, you had uh, uh, the Spanish League, you had the, the Turkish League, or you had the CBA in China, or you know Brazilian League and the French League, and you had all those players, the Australian League, or maybe even NBL, and and have those had have those finalists kind of come together in some sort of World Cup thing. I think that would be interesting, but I think that would be a long way from happening. That'd be a long term way from happening. Somebody said All Star Weekend is a wash. Now, yeah, All Star, the All Star Game, All Star Weekend is definitely a wash. So I could definitely see that. <laughs> Juju says Georgetown beats the Dicks. <laughs> Somebody said, "Why do I have to mention Charles Smith?" Hey, we're we're in Charles Smith uh, territory of bad right now. So that that's a perfect analogy. Mr. Mookie Mitchell's NBA in Australia, yeah, NBA, NBL is definitely in Australia. And uh, speaking of which, you got Lamelo going off in in Australia right now. But anyway, yeah, back to these changes. So they're saying that uh, it, it's there's a vote that's going to happen, or some sort of agreement that needs to be discussed between the Players Association and the NBA, and they're trying to vote on this in April to start in the 2021-2022 season. So something to uh, something to consider, you know what I mean? Something something to consider. See see what happens. But uh, that's that. And Louis B says it would be like the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, some, something like that. I I think the two the, the tournament would be intriguing if you could make it work. Obviously, it would take some time before it would have any sort of weight to it. You know, it's hard to just say, yeah, this is a playing championship. <laughs> And then still have the NBA Finals coming up, but I think uh, you know if it, if you get some competitive games, it could be something. The reseeding of the of the Final Four, I think that would be interesting too, just to get some different matchups and, and see how that goes. 
obviously this year the, the East and the West is wide open. So I I think it's going to be interesting either way as is. But um, that'd be interesting. I, I, I would definitely be intrigued. I would definitely be intrigued. <laughs> Ron Cleveland says, I can't believe Fisdale is still in New York stealing money. Hey, that's our coach for right now, ladies and gentlemen. We, do, we just got to rock with it and see what happens, man. Just hope for improvements. Consistency and improvement is the name of the game. Salute to Ron Cleveland once again. And, uh, yeah, man. I'm about to uh, get out of here, man. Salute to everybody who's watching. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boy. We are back again Wednesday night. Knicks versus Toronto Raptors in Toronto against the world champs. Can we steal a victory? Can we get a victory? 4 and 14 right now, man. We gotta we gotta get back to good good graces. Um share these videos. Please share these videos. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, text message, text your friend, text a friend right now who's a Knicks fan. If you know a Knicks fan right now who's not who does not know about this show, text them right now. Share this video with the link. Text them. Say, yo, check this show out. Show them some of the videos. Show them some of the post-game shows. The Battle of the Fans. The special guest appearances. Show them the Alan Hahn show. The Chris Childs show. The Ian Begley show. Show them all those things, man. Let them know. Knicks Fan TV is number one show for the fans, by the fans. Whether we're 4-14 four and 14 or 14-4. Four and four, you try to make it what it is, man. That's a, that's a community of Knicks fans just coming together worldwide to, to express their emotions on the team and just have a good time doing it. So I hope you guys are having a good time. Hit that thumbs up for you boys once again. Reaper Man, appreciate it. All the mods. Geraldine, have a good night. Jai Manny, have a good night. Gotham, Sean Brown, NY for Life, you already know. Chuck Allen, I appreciate you. Uh... At Santana, appreciate you guys, man. So, yeah, remember, this is also available in audio podcast format, like I said earlier. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Amazon Alexa. Definitely subscribe to the channel. And if you're on iTunes, if iTunes is your podcast of choice, please write us a review on iTunes. It would go a long way. It means a lot to us. Shout out to everybody who left us a super chat. All the donations go back into the show, as I said. And we appreciate you guys supporting an independent for the fans, by the fans movement that's only going to continue to get better, man. So I'm out of here, people. See you Wednesday night. Have a good evening. Peace. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase, plus get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.